Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Good morning to another episode of the Sword and Shield. This is Chief Master Sergeant Christopher Howard, Command Chief, 960th Cyberspace Wing. And with me today I have... Master Sergeant Shatasha Estes. I am the Resilience Integrator for the 960th Cyberspace Wing. And? And Master Sergeant Delbert Templeton with the 433rd Airlift Wing on the Resilience Integrator. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys spending some time with us this morning. Um, and we really want to just kind of pick at what is a resiliency integrator? And then also, why do you guys wear the diamond? So I was wondering if you could kind of help me with that, Sarnestis. So a resilience integrator is a first sergeant um, that is basically a liaison between AFRC and the wing commander, the wing command chief, and the group leadership. We have been put in place to make sure that airmen's needs are met right when they need it. And so if the traditional first sergeant is not available, we kind of fill in that role and make sure that they receive the care and the resources that they need. I am a first sergeant. I've been a first sergeant for almost six years now, and I love helping people. I love when an airman comes into my office and in their mind they think that their issue is the biggest issue or it can't be fixed. And to see their face when they come in my office until the time that they leave and once we get them connected with something that they need, it just really, um, that's that's why I serve with this time is to make sure that people get what they need. How about you, Templeton, anything to add? Yeah, I think an important part of a resiliency integrator um, is the direct link to AFRIC. Um, And I'm sure We'll get into some more specifics uh, in the future of this podcast, but uh, being able to have, to bring the issues up directly to A1Z and A1K can really make a benefit and uh, highlight some of the issues that the wings are having as a whole, and then they can look at it from a large picture with multiple reserve wings. Okay. So when we're talking about the resiliency uh, integrator, it is it is different than being a first sergeant, right? So what are some of the nuances or the differences of the, the job or the role of the resiliency integrator versus the first sergeant? I would say that uh, the big difference is mostly the strategic outlook of the resiliency integrator first sergeant. Um, you know, we still do most of the traditional roles of the first sergeant, but we also are tasked to look at the wing as a strategic and outlook as a strategic vision um, and plan accordingly with the commander and the commander. For me, the, the biggest difference is um, being able to work with the community uh, action network and the board, and as well as uh, for us here at JVSA, the local community and some of the other can and calves and cats uh, to make sure that we address all the needs that the airmen need in our community and also working with those agencies. So being able to uh, be the airman's voice at the, at the higher level um, with AFRIC, but also working with uh, some of these agencies to build a better partnership and a better relationship and um, 
get them plugged in right away. So I would say that's the biggest difference from a traditional first sergeant who may not have had the opportunity to kind of build those relationships with uh, not only Africa, but the local base as well as uh, some of the sister wings or units. Gotcha. You know, one thing that I've noticed, maybe you guys can help me articulate or understand even, um, is some of the nuances when it comes to the resiliency um, integrator, right? The the workload, the, the specific meetings. Why is all this important, right? Much different than a first sergeant, which is a little bit more informal when it comes to the meetings and, and getting after action plans, if that, if that makes sense. So when you look at um, where we're at right now is in terms of the pacing threat that we have and what a traditional first sergeant may have looked like in the past, we have the opportunity to better help prepare them for what's to come. And so making sure that we provide and that we highlight those resources before they need them so that they're resilient and they remain resilient and their families are resilient when they are tasked with that fight or that challenge that, that we all know about. And so for me, I think that's that's one of the biggest differences okay. between a, a traditional first sergeant like Templeton was saying earlier, the strategic look and, and how the chief of the Air Force Reserve wanted to go with this a couple of years ago when it was uh, Lieutenant General Scobie and, and Chief Master Sergeant White, um, identifying the fact that we are looking at a different type of, of fight and that we want to make sure that we fill in those gaps that we've had in the past with uh, regard to what those resources are and how do we get up to our airmen quicker so that they can continue the fight. Right. What I do like about it, too, is is the distinction per, you know, instruction where we have to get all those resources together, have those meetings on a, on a regular basis and actually produce plans. Um, can you, uh, Sergeant Templeton, can you speak a little bit to it of what that takes and what, what some of the things that you've seen positive come out of that? Sure, Chief. Um, so for the Community Action Network, that's a... Uh, for those that don't know, that's a that's a community of our resources here on base and possibly out in town if we bring those in. Um, we try to do them monthly or every other month. Um, and what we do is we collect data and from all of the helping agencies, so military and family readiness, uh, the director of psychological health for both wings. Um, we try to get some information from host wing and host resources. Um, and we bring all that information together at, at this meeting and we present those data and what those trends are showing us, you know, as far as hardships and different things that our military members, civilian members, and our families are dealing with. Um, because as we look at this resiliency, it's, it's a collective push, uh, not just for the member, but the entire unit, including their families. And so with that data, when we can see these trends, those are the types of things that we record and we present to the Community Action Board, which uh, currently consists of the commander for the uh, 960th and 433rd. And we present those ideas or those trends to the commanders, and then we come up with solutions and uh, we build what's called the Community Action Plan. Uh, that's the plan to get after those initiatives um, and how we're going to do it in the coming year. No, I think that's you know some great points there. You know, just being able to come together and actually get after it and then have some of those key performance indicators, those KPIs um, that uh, we aim for every year with both of the leadership teams, right? I think it is somewhat unique when we talk about the 960th Cyber Wing and the 433rd in that relationship 
um, and how we are very integrated um, based on the services that are available under the 433rd, as well as the, the airmen that are under the 960th and how do we integrate all of those things together. Um, I think it's definitely driven a lot of positivity in the relationship uh, between the two wings and help identify some uh, some holes that we just didn't see. Do either of you have any good news stories about how these resources have come to bear to, to help our airmen by chance? One that just kind of stands out to me that's um, a little bit more uh, fresh, I would say, was is this past uh, weekend I was able to go out as the RI shirt briefer um, for a Yellow Ribbon event okay. to speak to airmen and families uh, uh, in regards to, uh, we had pre and post deployers there with their families. And um, I feel like I had on both hats. I mean, I don't really think that you can take one hat off and put the other one on, but um, standing there as an airman and, and discussing, you know, not just during my deployment and after my deployment, but in my whole Air Force career, I've had to leverage and use Air Force resources. And so to be able to stand there and talk to the airmen about, hey, I've been there before, don't suffer in silence. Um, here are some of the things that I did or here are some of the resources that I used to to, to um, mitigate my issues that I had. I had several people come up to me after and kind of talk to me about some of the uh, challenges that they've been having. And so as an RI shirt, I was able to stand up there. I'm pretty sure I could have done it as a, as a first sergeant, squadron first sergeant. But having been a shirt for so long and being a mother and being a single parent and some of the challenges, you know, um, financial insecurity that, that I've faced myself, I was able to stand up there and not only speak from experience, but uh, speak from a place of, you know, just a regular person needing help. And so um, that that's one of my success stories, because, like I said, I, I got to talk to some airmen about maybe something that they would not have potentially told anybody. Um, and so that, that was a great opportunity for me to be able to do that. Also, I would like to highlight being able to work with my DPH. Um, she's right down the hall for me. Being able to work with Sergeant Templeton as, as the RI to kind of get after some of the, the issues that our airmen are having. We're well connected in our group meeting, um, all the shirts um, and the Air Force Reserve, as well as um, our uh, councils here that we have on base, our councils that we have within our wings, we're all connected. And so to be able to, if a shirt says, hey, I have a shirt, or I have an airman at, you know, Lackland or wherever, it's like within minutes, somebody's able to, to receive that help. For me, it, again, there's many success stories, but those kind of stand out the most. Uh, just being connected as a shirt, a diamond network, an RI network, and being able to help people at a moment's notice. No, I fully agree. I think that um, it does drive home some importance about networks, right? When we talk about the holistic approach to taking care of airmen, um, there's only so much one individual can do, even what one unit can do. And one of the great pieces of this particular program in this position is its purpose is to build a stronger network, right? These resources existed before, right? Um but there was just um, not enough connective tissue sometimes to bring all of that to bear. And I think that having this position, driving these conversations, building that network is, you know, proof in the pudding, one might say, of how important 
um, our airmen are to us as an organization and why this position is, is important because it puts that connective tissue there so that when we have an airman in need, a family in need, or an organization in need, that now we can enact with uh, the RI and that network to get after that problem. If that makes sense. Yes, Chief. I, I totally agree. Uh, the relationships, you know, as far as successes that I've seen, I've been in this position and in this wing for two and a half years. Um, so I came with a with a kind of a fresh eye because um, I had never been in this wing before. And when I first showed the relationship between the uh, 960th and the 433rd, as long as as well as our uh, supporting agencies, military family readiness, and, and all of all of the ones that come along with that have definitely grown in relationship and communication to a point where we're providing, I think, better services and able to move one move a member from one to the other if the other resource can better provide those services. I've seen personally a uh, relationship improvement between the reserve um, first sergeants, kind of like Sergeant Essis had touched on, and the resiliency integrators we do monthly meetings between the resiliency integrators because it is a new position. Um, we network and we take uh, best practices from, from each wing and we try to implement those across the board so that we can better support or sustain our relationships. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think that's all, all good things. And when we talk about those relationships and we talk about some of those uh, support agencies, can you kind of help our airmen understand what, what specific support agencies we are, we're really talking about so they can kind of see the scope um, and how broad it may be that, that we're trying to get after? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll go ahead and bring up the Connect the Network Guide because we do have a matrix in the guide that kind of breaks those resources down. And so we do have state, DOD, wing, as well as national resources. And so um, some of the, the more... I guess common ones would be the military one source, um, the military family and readiness. We have the obviously the chaplains. We also have VFW, unmet needs, blue star families, five to thrive. We have the veteran services, which I was just talking to Sergeant Templeton about earlier today that I don't think a lot of people are tracking. Not to be confused with the VA, but most counties have a veteran services office within their county that is a separate pot of money. And so uh, depending on the county, they will specialize in different resources. Some of them will provide vocational care. Other ones will provide financial care. And so you just need your DD on 214. You go in there and you fill out a budget sheet and you let them know what you need help with. And usually they pay those um, creditors or whoever. They pay them directly is what I'm trying to say. Um, we have the food the local food pantries, Air Force Aid Society, which wasn't always available to our reserve and citizen airmen. You'd have to be on orders, and, and that's not the case anymore. Right. Um, and so uh, those are some of the, the resources that, that stand out. And then something more recent, I think, that maybe a lot of people are not tracking is the resilience.af.mil website. And, and it really um, highlights the importance of resilience and, and some of those other resources that we mentioned earlier. Okay. Any other resources you can think of? Yeah, sure, Chief. Um, I think ADAPT, uh, you know, working that relationship with ADAPT and communicating, just better improving all of the base resources like family advocacy, the violence prevention coordinator, 
that's working in the, the new prevention workforce that they're creating on the active duty side that's supporting us on the reserve side as well and different resiliency uh, aspects. Um, the SARS office, the SAPR office, um, and there's probably many other offices that I'm not thinking of on the top of my head right now, but there's a plethora. It's amazing what kind of resources we've been able to collect and what the government already provides for us on and off base. And over the two years that I've been in this position, it's, I've collected so many resources. It's unbelievable and it's almost overwhelming when you just send a document out with 100 resources. And so I think that's that's been a pretty awesome eye-opening experience to see how many things we have to offer our members. I think you make a great point there, right? When we talk about resources, the, the, the plethora of uh, resources available and the overwhelmingness of, of support that's out there. I think that, um, you know, for an airman in need, um, going to an individual uh, can be problematic and don't know what resource you need or even what's best for you, but understand that there's a lot of resources there. And then leveraging the relationship with uh, the integrators to, to get after what, what actually fits that particular need at that particular time. Um, as well as breaking down the barriers to say that there is plenty of resources out there that may fit exactly what you're going through in this time. And that kind of leads me to the, another point I want to make before we close out is what is really resiliency and why is that important? Can either of you guys give me your definition of what resiliency looks like so our airmen can kind of understand what we talk about resiliency, right? It's a word we use quite often, but and we have certain ideas about it, but what does it really mean? Sure, Chief, I'll take the lead on that. Um, I, I think we use resiliency so much that it's a buzzword and we're losing um, the intent of what that word really is. Um, in my perspective, it's a, um, it's a way of life. It's learning things and implementing those things that add to your toolkit uh, to be able to handle different situations um, with you and your family um, to enable you to be combat ready to deploy in that combat environment and your family successfully uh, transition that as well. Um, along with coming back and the transition of that and everything that that entails um, and all the hardships that kind of go along with that life happens. And so when that happens, do you know your support network? Do you know um, how to handle those situations? And if you don't, then you know there's a lot of things that we're trying to provide to give you those tools and help you go through those moments so that we can deploy you, uh, we can stress you out and bring you back and have you return back to normal. Um, and so that's resiliency. I think of it as a, as a spring. You know, a spring is in a specific configuration, uh, tension, if you will, um, and everybody's is a little bit different, but resiliency, what we want to do is we want to stretch that string because life does that automatically, and we want to be able to have that spring come back to its normal position. I think that I think spring is a great analogy. Another one that I've I've heard or at least uh, have read at one point or another um, during the process of you know driving towards resiliency is you know rubber balls, elasticity, the fact that uh, you know there's going to be compression and, and uh, rebound or bounce back is is a term that was used at one point. And I think the the important part for airmen to understand is you know steal words from other people too is peaks and valleys in life, right? There's going to be things that are going to increase that tension or that stress on you. 
um, there's going to be things that are going to drive you to be compressed in a way that uh, is uncomfortable. And having these resources, having these uh, these networks helps relieve that tension, that compression, so that you can then come back into like your your uh, your point of the spring back into the correct configuration for use, right? Um, and when we say correct configuration, I don't want it to be so task-based um, or focused from a mission perspective, but just for you to function as, as a person, as a good family member, as a good airman, as a good person as a whole, right? The intent here is to make sure that we make you whole or keep you as whole as possible throughout all of this so that you can thrive. Chief, great analogies, both of you. The only thing I would add to that is, um, you know, when we talk about resilience and what we do in the military and how high stress our jobs can be, uh, not just on us, but our family members, it, it, this, uh, all of these resources gives us and our airmen the ability to uh, be able to adapt and recover from, you know, that high adversity or stress and to maintain a sense of well-being in order to sustain. And so... We take a lot of, in the military, we take a lot of uh, different people from different backgrounds and we, we put them in the same spot and we, we essentially stress them. I would like to think that, you know, throughout the, their whole career and even when they transition to do something else, that we've created a better product or a more improved version of that individual self. And so not only will they be able to take these resources while they're here, but a lot of them will try and transition over um, when they become a civilian as well, and they'll be able to utilize not just the resources, but like we talked about earlier, the networks that they um, build over the years and the friendships. Um, and so that's what resilience means to me. Like Tim just said, just tools. Tools in that toolbox is not if, but when. Well, we'll need those things, and hopefully we've um, talked about it as much as we need to for them to be able to say, hey, I do have the support, I do have this village, I do have these resources, and, and these are the people that I need to talk to. And so, like you said earlier, Chief, it's not it's not that we've just created these things. They've been around for a while. It's just kind of filling in those gaps and making sure that people are aware and they know who to talk to whenever they need that, that help. No, I agree. And, you know, the, the final thought I had on, on resiliency is we use a lot of um, – analogies when it comes to machinery, but I see it more as a muscle, right? Um, that, you know, rubber bands and springs break and they, they then you have to be replaced. Um, when we talk about airmen, they're more like a muscle, right? We're going to strengthen them. There's going to be times where we're going to push them and uh, and you'll see some some atrophy, but there's always growth, right? And that, that stress provides a stronger muscle and, and, you know, to the overall organism of the Air Force, it's, re it's needed. Um, and uh, so hopefully uh, Airman can kind of see that. Um, any final thoughts or comments you guys might have? I just want to bring up uh, Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Just want to give it a shout out. If you're suffering or you know somebody that is or you see any of the signs, we have the training. But just, you know, keep an eye out. Don't be scared of asking that question. And uh, don't be scared of bringing that higher if it needs to go. Chief, my only closing thoughts would be that when when someone asks me, like, what is your your favorite job or like what is the thing that you really wanted to do, I, I'm here. Like this is this is my job. Like my job, our job as first sergeants is is um, people. And like I mentioned earlier, to, to be able to and it's not even my it's not my money, it's not my resource, but to be able to 
connect somebody with something that they need is, is a true blessing because I've been there before. And um, when I thought that my issue was the worst issue in the world and I wanted to suffer in silence, um, when I did reach out and when I was transparent, I realized that there was a group of people just like me that have been there before. And it was a great feeling to know that I had that, that help. And so when I'm able to help somebody else out, um, that is the best thing in the world to me. Gotcha. No, awesome points. I appreciate both of you guys, all the hard work that you do, um, the role that you take on. You've heard me speak many times to the shirts about my feelings about uh, the role you all have in 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 this organization. The amount of pressure and uh, items that you guys take on on the benefit of our airmen. So I want to start with thank you. Thank you for for doing that. Thank you for taking on these roles. Thank you for doing the job that you do. And thank you for caring for our airmen. And for our airmen out there, I just want to make sure that they understand that uh, you are valued, that you matter. And I'd like to highlight the fact that uh, this piece, this role that we, we've put in these organizations is, again, one of those things that we're doing to make sure that uh, there is value added to you because you're valuable to the mission. You're valuable to your family. You're valuable to the Air Force. You're valuable to your nation. And we want to make sure that you will continue to be valuable and that you feel valued. So by all means, when you're in, in trouble or if you have issues or just need a little bit of help for whatever it is, reach out to these resources, reach out to your resiliency integrator, your first sergeant, uh, your supervisor, or just somebody. As you guys mentioned many times, don't suffer in silence. So thanks for having me. Thank fun. you. I appreciate that. And with that said, you know, stab your enemies in the face through cyberspace.